Hey, everybody. Welcome to Santa Barbara Talks with Josh Molina. My top 10 most memorable favorite stories from 2023. These are stories I wrote. They're not necessarily the most important stories in terms of magnitude, but stories that I wrote that I remember that I'm going to be thinking about for a long time going forward. I just want to start off saying I wrote 381 stories last year, which is a lot of stories. Um, I can't believe I wrote that many, but I did. And I guess I kind of can too, because I'm always busy. I'm always working. I love journalism. And that's really the only way you can be that productive is by uh, loving what you do. So follow something that you love. Uh, don't do something for the money. Do it for something you can look yourself in the mirror at, in the end of the day and be proud of what you're working. Feel like you made an impact. Okay. So uh, number 10, Paseo Nuevo and the housing proposal in Santa Barbara. Rebecca Bjork called Jerry Roberts, Nick Welsh, and myself into room 15 to tell us about the fact that she is working with the developer, with the investment company to knock down, demolish Paseo Nuevo and build 500 units of housing at least. This is huge. I love Paseo Nuevo. So many memories there. I love the mall. I grew up in Galita, Santa Barbara. It's such a big, <clears throat> significant part of my history here. Obviously, housing is more important. We'll see what's going to happen. I hope they can keep some of the architecture that Paseo Nuevo has, the, the tile uh, walls, the tile floors, the arches. Uh, it's such a beautiful place and uh, really I think it does really well. I think it works, uh, but obviously we need more housing and that's a site that they're looking at. So I hope they're able to figure out a way to keep elements of the mall and do the housing that they want. Okay, number nine, not a news story, but I wrote a column about my son in August about him going to UC Berkeley. And uh, I got so much response. I got over a hundred emails, text messages from people saying, they were so touched. They were so impacted. It was basically a letter to myself, <laughs> to the community, to my son, just talking about how this person who had been with me for 18 years of my life was now going away to college and what that means in terms of the impact of just the whole change. And I know it's normal and it's 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 the right thing to do for for us. It's a privilege to go to college. We're so uh, lucky to be able to have that opportunity. Um, so I get it, but it's still sad when somebody who you devoted much of your life to all of a sudden is no longer in the house at the end of the day, and you don't have those conversations anymore and those interactions. And so anyway, I wrote about that, and uh, dads, dads responded. I was so surprised. They said that they agreed and that it was first thing that they had read that made them feel safe to say, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be sad when your kids go away to college. And so it felt really good that I was able to have that resonance and that impact. Obviously, um, first semester was great and uh, it's still sad, still never good, but uh, working through it and the greater good here is, of course, what an incredible opportunity uh, somebody he has to go to college. And so we're going to support that and Amazing things to come for that kid. So that's column I did all in Newshawk. Uh, number eight, speaking of uh, moments that affected me, uh, Fresco 
Cafe closed. They used to be in Five Points. Then they moved over to Santa Barbara and Cannon Bridio Street. I can't even tell you how many French fries I've eaten there. Turkey burgers. Don't even get me started on the desserts. Oh, man. I love that place. And all of a sudden, that place is just gone overnight. I don't know why. Um, the owner was a really good guy. Never told me why he left. Uh, uh, never heard from him again. <laughs> Uh, but that was a great place to eat, especially great food, that middle price range, and uh, a legacy, an institution. And I think somebody who was driven out, at least in the five-point center, by the increasing costs to uh, lease space in this town. So um, it's not good. And that was, you know, wrote that story, broke that story. I was very, very sad. Okay. Um, number seven, I got a couple government stories here. Councilwoman Kristen Sneddon stood up for budget transparency. She said, hey, the budget should not be confusing. It should be transparent. The information should be clear. The council was being asked to make decisions about impacting residents and services. And she's saying, I want to see all the numbers. I just don't want to see what you staffers predetermined for us to see and then make cuts on that. She wants to see the whole thing. So regardless of what you think of Councilwoman Sneddon and how she did it and her perspective and, you know, budget knowledge or whatever, all the things that I heard. Okay. Regardless of that, she's bold. She's brave. She took a risk. She spoke out in a meeting to advocate for her, her clients, her, I mean, her, 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 uh, her residents, okay. Her constituents. And that's a big deal. And we want that from elected officials. We want elected officials who are going to not let the people that they hire manage them. We want elected officials who are going to be people who take stands to want to do the right thing. And that's what she did. It's always easier to go with the flow, to be part of the group, to just not make any waves. That's always the easiest path. And sadly, so many elected officials just do that because they want to get reelected and they're thinking about their next office. Uh, Councilwoman Sneddon didn't have to do that. And an advisor might have said, don't do that. Uh, but she did it because that's what she felt in the moment. And so that was a really good story. And um, it was at a government meeting that I watched, I picked up on, and I covered it. And it's so important to do that watchdog journalism, cover all those meetings, not just the, the big ones, but those budget committee meetings, which that was a budget conversation. Okay. Uh, I think this is like the last like local government story. Uh, Metrolink uh, is possibly going to come from Ventura County into Goleta, into Santa Barbara. This was an obscure little item on a budget, um, on, on an agenda. And so I heard that this was going to happen. I read the agenda and I wrote a story ahead of time, ahead about the conversation between all of these transportation agencies about possibly bringing Metrolink to help commuters from Ventura County into Santa Barbara and Goleta. When you write them ahead of time, it's like a really cool feeling for a journalist because you have the potential to get the information out and affect the public. See, government, anyone really with power, they want to keep that power and they want to keep doing what they want to do and stay on track their information is often detrimental to their plans. But what does a journalist do? We try to equalize that information. We try to give everybody access to the same information so that people can have power. We want to share and distribute the power because 
our democracy works best when people have the same access to information. It does not work well when those in charge say, this is how we should do it and do things. And then after they're done, ask people or tell people that it's happened. That, that doesn't work. The journalist wants to get all that information out first so that people can be part of the conversation. And that's the best way to do that. So the Metrolink story was like a big scoop. I don't even think the Metrolink people <laughs> knew it was on the agenda. And so that's significant. So that's what journalists need to do. Who knows if it's going to happen? But what it did was got everybody talking. It's on the radar. And uh, they can't just keep doing whatever they were going to do. The public now has a seat at the table. Okay. So uh, number five, the student walkouts. Dos Pueblos High School, San Marcos, Santa Barbara High School, they walked out in support of their teachers. This is unreal. Combined. Oh, and I want to throw in, I think Lacalina walked out too. I didn't cover that one though. Um, 2,000 students, more 2,500 students combined walking out of class. They don't have to do that. Okay. It's much easier to just do the group think thing and just like stay and not put yourself out there and take a risk. They support their teachers. The teachers are in a big contract dispute with the district, the administration. And regardless of what you think, okay, uh, that's a theme throughout all this. I'm not taking a stand on any of these issues. I'm talking about the journalistic coverage and why it's important to get this information out to the public. Okay, uh, Regardless of what you think, they're brave. They take a risk. They're, they're, they're holding rallies. They're marching. Um, and they're saying, we believe in this topic. We believe in our teachers and we want them to get paid better. And by the way, they were affected because teachers stopped writing letters of recommendation. Teachers stopped hosting uh, lunchtime uh, clubs, uh, stopped doing after school activities, some tutoring. This is all a significant impact on students. But the teachers feel like we have to do that in order for the district to pay attention. So those are that's that's part of that conversation, okay? So, uh, but I marched, I, I mean, I marched with these students, right? DP to Gersh Park, San Marcos to Tucker's Grove, Santa Barbara High to the district headquarters, okay? And so I got good workouts there too. Um, and uh, very sore after that, but it's good. The journalists, you know, we don't want to just sit and watch meetings on YouTube. We want to go out there where the action is and that's where the best journalism is, okay? So um, we're gonna remember those stories for this year. Um, I covered a rally for the release of hostages. This is story number four uh, for the release of hostages taken by Hamas, okay? This was at Galita Beach. And uh, this was a beautiful event, beautiful ceremony, such heartfelt emotion, such incredible speeches. Uh, there were there was a speaker there who had a family member who was taken hostage by Hamas. And uh, just hearing that authenticity, hearing that pain, that hurt, um, just very gripping, very powerful. And uh, they had a display out there on the sand. I took a whole bunch of photos and I'm gonna remember that story because um, it was just uh, such an incredible moment for all those people involved. And I also covered a vigil in Delaware Plaza too, which was equally just uh, amazing. It was on the one month anniversary of um, the Hamas uh, attacks, terrorist attacks, okay. Um, and then um, I also covered a rally for a ceasefire uh, by uh, individuals who uh, 
protested out in front of Raytheon and uh, they were trying to uh, make a stand, right? And so you love activism, you love journal, you love the ability for journalists to tell the stories of activists and they feel very strongly, they want to cease fire, like stop this, stop this war. And, um, you know, everyone has an opinion out there. These people have opinions and they are sacrificing themselves to uh, put themselves out there knowing that there's going to be a lot of judgment there. And uh, it's incredible, incredibly powerful, incredible stories, incredible signs that they created, incredible emotion. Um, they had paint on their hands, you know, to simplify blood on, on the hands. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're saying that, well, you can, <laughs> you know what they're saying. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, the journalistic part of it is, is so sad, so touching, because here we have these groups that feel so strongly and uh, they're so passionate about these issues. And to be able to cover them, uh, just, you know, a little bit of that emotion is such a journalistic, um, you know, privilege, obligation and responsibility. And so I'm going to remember both of those. And I'm sure I'm going to be covering uh, more of that in 2024. Okay. Number two, Doomer Elliot Jacobson. This guy, I did a podcast with him, and uh, most views I've ever had, two of them actually, uh, 22,000 views on that first podcast. He's a Doomer, so he believes in climate change, he believes in the climate science, uh, but he says it's too late. It's over. Humans have destroyed this planet. So this illusion that we uh, people live in that uh, riding electric bikes or driving electric cars is somehow going to save the environment. He says is wrong. And in fact, the energy it takes to produce these machines um, is actually more harmful to the environment. And so he says he's concerned about what's to come, what's next for the next species. All right. And so incredibly brilliant, fascinating guy, Elliot, if you're watching, I hope I didn't um, minimize the scope of your um, analysis of the situation. But uh, Elliot Jacobson, by the way, a little celebrity in this town. I should have figured out how many Twitter followers he has, but it's, you know, a lot, thousands and thousands and thousands of Twitter followers. And uh, he's on CNN with some regularity talking about climate change. And um, that was a big story for me, a big story for my podcast. And by the way, think Doomer, you think like depressed, sad. This is one of the happiest, most generous, kindest, positive, good people that I have met. Um, it's just a realist, which says uh, don't buy into the politicians to the corporations who are trying to sell you this sort of story that um, if you do this, it's going to save the environment. He's saying it's too late. It's done. And we need to enjoy what we have and try to preserve the planet, not necessarily for humans, but for uh, whoever's left, you know? And so really deep stuff. Go watch that podcast. It'll all make more sense when you hear him say it. Last thing, Santa Barbara News Press officially ended. Number one, News Press officially ended. And so I broke that story from my computer on a Sunday, got the scoop. Here's the deal. Okay, I worked there from 1999 to 2006. And uh, probably the best job I've um, ever had in terms of just like enjoyment and fulfillment and in Santa Barbara and in my hometown and 
had opportunity to work there. Uh, but for a lot of reasons, you can go watch Citizen, you know the name of the movie, you can go watch it and uh, Google, New York Times, all the stories, all that stuff that happened. Um, yes, I did have uh, duct tape on my mouth and did walk out into Telecara Plaza and uh, protested. I did it one time and then I left. I quit. I had a son, one-year-old, same kid I was talking about earlier, Jacob. And uh, it's hard. Recently married, one-year-old, and you quit. Why? Why would you quit? A lot of people think that's stupid. A lot of people quit. Right. It wasn't just me. A lot of people quit quicker than I did um, because journalism, what do we sell? Credibility. OK, we sell the ability to tell the truth in our news stories. And if we feel like we can't tell that truth and not, you know, an angle of truth or partial truth, but the truth, then you kind of can't call yourself a journalist. OK, so a whole bunch of people left, a whole bunch of people quit and um, I quit and there's nothing's ever been the same since i've had to cobble together all kinds of jobs i love the mercury news job great money right the most money i have ever made at a single nine to five journalism job okay but we didn't like the bay area and we came back and that whole story you can go research if you want to but i quit the mercury news and uh came home and been cobbling together all these jobs ever since and so many other stories of these journalists, many of them gone into PR, few of them are still in journalism, but so many lives impacted and disrupted. And uh, it's a, a tragedy, right? It's a catastrophe. And for no good reason that this paper had to fall apart, okay? And so um, some of my best memories were in that news press building. Uh, the best, some of the people that I've respected and admired the most, I met inside that building. And it's so sad to see that there's no paper there. It's not like that paper was really doing anything journalistically um, anyway, but just the symbolism of that paper, that physical paper no longer being there. We don't know what's going to happen with the, the News Press building, but it's sad. You know, thankfully we have Newshawk, we have the Independent. The Daily Sound for a little while. We do have the Montecito Journal. We do have these other outlets that with lots of journalism, and that's great. But that one daily institution with resources behind it that could hit over and over and over and over again every day, holding government accountable, you know, that's been gone for a long time. And that's a sad, sad thing. And so I broke that story. By the way, got quoted in the LA Times, credited in these national newspapers as the news. Uh, paper reporter, the Newshawk reporter who broke that story. And so that was re really cool that uh, I was able to, to do that. So that's it. 381 stories that I did. Hopefully I don't have to write that many this year, but I got a funny feeling I probably will. But the best thing about it is fine if I do. So I love journalism. I love what I do. It's a privilege to be a journalist. It comes with great obligation, great responsibility. And uh, I love it every second of it, right? Never had a bad day, a bad minute in journalism. All right, that's all. Visit SantaBarbaraTalks.com. My website, visit SantaBarbaraPodcast.com. My website, sign up for my newsletter. Hit subscribe on YouTube. And if you go to those sites, feel free to make a donation contribution to this podcast. Have a great day. Thank you.